Welcome to Ruin a Bad Guy's Day radio podcast with fraud expert Skip Myers. This is your guide to fighting fraud and chargebacks. Learn the best fraud prevention solutions and strategies. How to enhance your fraud prevention team. And how to prosecute criminals. Now, here's your host, Skip Myers. Hello and welcome to Ruin a Bad Guy's Day radio. Hey everyone, I'm Skip Myers. I'll be your host today. And we have breaking news, breaking news about another big data breach reported by Marriott International on Friday. Uh, Here we go again, another breach here during the busiest time of the year for shopping. But Marriott International said on Friday that information on up to 500 million, that's right, 500 million of its customers worldwide was exposed in a breach of its Starwood guest reservation database dating back as far as 2014. That's unbelievable. How did it go undetected that long? So it looks like the world's largest hotel chain, uh, this is the Marriott International chain, said it learned of the breach on September 8th, September 8th, and it's the end of November. Unbelievable. The company said the Marriott Hotel network was not effective, but the investigation only identified unauthorized access to the separate Starwood network, it said. And It looks like Marriott acquired the uh, Starwood Hotels and Resorts Worldwide chain in 2016. And so far, it looks like for the 327 million of the affected guests, the compromised data includes some combination of these different identifiers. So some combination of a name, mailing address, a phone number, email address, passport number, And that's very interesting, a little bit different than your normal data breach getting uh, and obtaining other personal information, but a password number, we'll talk about that a little bit later, uh, according to the Starwood Preferred Guest account. And also that would include that particular account information, including your date of birth, uh, gender, arrival and departure information within their system, reservation dates, and whatever communication preferences that you may have had within their database. So it looks like for some customers, the information also includes payment card numbers and payment card expiration dates, which as you guys know, is very important to the carters and carding networks when they sell your stolen identity to other folks. I mean, that's that's pretty valuable information and it can uh, really, they can really charge top dollar for that information. So, but right now it looks like Marriott saying those payment card numbers were encrypted. However, they cannot rule out the possibility that the hackers were able to decrypt those details. So right now, it looks like this is the, probably the second largest data breach in history. Seems like every time we wake up now or watch the news, there's a new data breach of another very large company. Uh, right now, too, Marriott has set up a special website and call center that uh, is there to provide information on this incident. Um, they've uh, actually uh, put up a 1-800 number for customers or anyone else to get more information on. So you can hit their website and check that out. Uh, as any, in any case, any big data breach of a large company that uh, has stock, I mean, this, this particular incident uh, has affected Marriott. And Marriott's stock was down more than 5% in early trading on Friday morning. So, you know, this particular data breach isn't as massive as a 2013 hack of uh, Yahoo, which was 3 billion users. Amazing. And in that particular hack and data breach, it exposed data, including names, email addresses, phone numbers, birth dates, and passwords, of course. So 
but this this one is a little different. And I mean, includes sensitive data that includes people's passport numbers and those mailing addresses and credit card information. And that's a little scary in this time and day when we have international uh, criminal enterprises and terrorist groups and, and people trying to infiltrate different countries illegally. And in this case, stealing passport numbers and your personal information. It almost sounds like a spy movie where bad guys can use this information and make bogus uh, documents to travel around the world undetected. So let, let's talk about a little bit more of this because this falls back into some earlier podcasts we've had uh, when we discuss phishing. And again, phishing is all about bad guys trying to compromise some sensitive information through emails that they send to you. So it's, it's very deceptive. And the most common type of a phishing scam is, you know, this deceptive phishing. It, and it refers to really any attack by, by which a fraudster impersonates uh, an illegal legitimate company and their attempt to steal your information and log on credentials is is what that's all about. So those those emails or the phishing emails that are sent lack a lot of personal pers personalization. It's not really, you know, addressed to you specifically, but it will have calls to action. It will probably use some threats or a sense of urgency that you need to act immediately to change your passwords or your credentials because there's been authorized uh, unauthorized access to your account. That's what they're alleging is happening to your account, therefore creating a sense of urgency that you act upon and immediately. So a lot of these sense of urgency phishing type emails will probably come from accounts you already have. It could be PayPal, your banks, any personalized account that you may have that's um, anything you have in social media. And so it's, just, it's sort of a scare tactic and it, they push you into clicking on a button or, you know, in other places or logins into to these particular emails. And what they do is, is it's all hinged on you clicking on that information and then inputting your personal data for which they'll use in return for their own financial gain. So remember that de deceptive phishing will be emails that you receive. And, and I believe it's going to be a lot of it uh, that will come in at your work email address. Uh, you probably use your work email address especially if you travel a lot more than your, your personal sometimes, uh, depends, but you know, I do know that, uh, you know, my email address when I travel is used at the hotels and, you know, using the company credit card to buy, you know, goods and services for, for the company in my department. So, uh, you know, you'll see a lot of those types of emails, especially now with this large of a data breach coming back from September. So a lot of this information is probably out there on the dark web or really out there available on the internet. And you should start seeing a lot more phishing attacks coming to various email addresses that you do have. So one is probably uh, at your company's email address. You'll you probably be notified by your IT security group or your cyber group there in, in your organization to be aware uh, of these particular phishing attacks and be very leery of clicking on any link or any attachment or downloading any, any file that you're not familiar with. The other thing though, is um, very concerning in a data breach like this is when the bad guys and the hackers steal such personal uh, identifiable information that uh, they're going to do more of what they call spear phishing. Now, spear phishing is more personalized. It's probably going to be addressed to you by name. And it's probably going to uh, be very, very tempting to really do what the email says because it's going to be addressed to you. It's going to look very legitimate. 
and they're going to use this information that they've just obtained to, to convince you that this email is legitimate. So it, it could be from your bank. And again, it could be from PayPal, anything else that requires a little bit more information that they need that they didn't get in the data breach that you'll su supply them unknowingly because of the email they send to you looks so legit. So be very careful on anything that you receive that's addressed to you specifically that could be too good to be true or too urgent, something that's really, you know, pushing you to do something that makes you feel uncomfortable, don't do it. So be very cautious about opening, you know, any of those attachments or clicking on any of those links in those emails, even if it's your friend or family, you know, as well to question those emails before you uh, click or download any attachment. So also, if you're not sure, especially if it's coming from uh, a big bank or organization, or in this case, you may be getting more emails from Marriott or the Starwood Hotel Group uh, asking for some more information and kind of like a, a an attempt to uh, really further the the sense of urgency and paranoia around this breach, you may get emails saying, hey, you, you need to download this file to help protect your data. It could be some sort of a, a LifeLock type situation where they're trying to lure you in to subscribe to this service to protect your data. Be very careful with that. And if you're unsure, make a phone call, pick up the phone and call that organization that sent you that email or even Marriott at the 800 number supplied on their official website, but don't respond to any emails or request anything regarding your personal or financial information. And again, remember these fishers will use these pressure tactics and the sense of urgency and prey on your fear about your identity being compromised, your financial, financial data being stolen. Again, be very cautious, slow down and at the last resort, pick up the phone and, and make a phone call. What's so great about the internet too is you know, just Google it. If it's a company you don't recognize, Google the company, see how long they've been around. Also, if it's a uh, URL that has a particular company domain attached to it, you can go to Who Is Domain Tools, free free access uh, on the internet, Who Is Domain Tools, and type in that URL and that, that Who Is Domain Tools will tell you when that web site was created. And so a lot of these bad guys would have created websites or phony baloney corporations on the internet uh, just recently because all this is always very dynamic. It's constantly moving and constantly changing. Also to any chance you get to utilize uh, two-factor authentication. So a lot of companies are using this now. It's another uh, layer of security to protect you, but there's a lot of uh, companies including you know Facebook and Google and LinkedIn. Uh, and again, a lot of your financial organizations are using this as well. But a lot of times you have to opt in, click on it uh, and to opt in. And it's, it's another uh, layer in the security. Sometimes it's slow down. A lot of people don't do it because they're lazy and it's just something else you got to do. We really recommend that for accounts that support two-factor authentication that you use it. So it's going to require, you know, both your password and an additional piece of information to log into your account. And that second piece of information could be a code that's sent to your phone that you set up uh, initially or some sort of other random number that may be generated by an app or a token. So Google has an app called Google Authenticator. That, that's another big one. But this helps protect your account even if your password is compromised because if, they do, if you have two-factor authentication turned on, you're going to get that authentication sent to your phone 
and it's going to be very suspect to you because you're going to ask yourself, well, I, I, I'm not trying to log on right now. That's probably the bad guy. So that's going to prevent the bad guy from getting into your account. So that's a great step. Always think about when you're setting up those accounts, look for that two-factor authentication option and highly recommend that you use that. What's interesting too is, is part of the information that's out there on the internet and so many uh, data breaches, there's a, a great company or a, a website called haveibeenpawned.com and that URL will be in the podcast notes. But haveibeenpawned.com is a great service. I've used it myself. And I'm going to click on it right now on my PC. And what it does is it allows you to enter any email address. So your personal or a business email addresses, enter that into um, the search bar on the top of the page and click, have I been pawned? And it would give you a quick yes or no. And if, it, if, if you have had your email address compromised through some data breach, it will show you most likely where it was compromised. So my particular uh, business email address uh, apparently is on the dark web and it lists all the different companies or different sites of where my email address was and could have been compromised in the last few years. And a lot of these companies I do not recognize, but I do recognize LinkedIn and LinkedIn uh, was uh, hacked back in 2016 where about 164 million email addresses and passwords were exposed. So I'm just guessing, can't say for sure, but maybe that's when that email address of mine was uh, compromised. Now, since then, since I received notification from them a few years ago, I did change my credentials and I do change my uh, passwords on a regular basis. So again, I would highly recommend using uh, haveibeenpawned.com. Again, I'll put the URL in the podcast notes so you can play with that and in there, any pass or any email address you have just to see if your information's on the dark web or ever been compromised during a data breach. So let's talk about passwords too. It's great to go ahead and start thinking about this. Go ahead and change some of your passwords, especially your financial accounts, personal accounts, and change that password often throughout the year anyway. So it's a great security habit. But when you do uh, generate a password, make sure it's strong and long. So, you know, use upper and lowercase and, and make sure you use to combine that with numbers and special characters. So the, the, the more upper, lowercase numbers and special characters you, you input into your password, the harder it's, it's going to be able to be hacked. So again, I would recommend when you can, because some websites restrict you to certain character length on a password, but the longer the better. So 8 to 12 would be great. And again, make sure that that password has a mixture of upper and lowercase use numbers and special characters. So that, that will make it much more difficult for any bad guy to try to figure out. Also too, right now with all the phishing that's going to be happening and the potential that your information's already been compromised, make sure that all your important data, your files, everything that's important to you, you have backed it up on an external hard drive, maybe in a cloud storage, but somewhere make sure you back up those files to protect yourself against any viruses or any against this ransomware that may be uh, coming out as a result of these big data breaches. And also a lot of people neglect this, but keep your security up to date on your PC. Use the software security updates on a regular basis. You know, when you get those updates, don't say, I'll just do it later. You know, a lot of times it can be very cumbersome and it, it never happens at a convenient time, but update, 
uh, you, the security on your software, all those patches that you see that comes up through either through Microsoft or other software companies. But make sure you update those uh, software uh, notices as quickly uh, as you can because those are usually patches into the software coding to help prevent, again, security breaches. So it's very important you keep your software security up to date. And also, uh, this goes really unnoticed and, and not really talked about, but there's a way you can report phishing emails to the government, and that's uh, through the FTC site. You can go to spam at uce.gov, and I'll put that URL on the podcast notes. But report, you know, phishing emails to these sites. It's very important to share this information and, you know, supply whatever you can uh, about that phishing email, you know anything that it may be important to an investigator to follow up on, you can supply that information to that particular website uh, with the Federal Trade Commission. So also all, the Federal Trade Commission has on their site ftc.gov uh, complaint department too, so more information the better. And if you've ever been a, a victim of, of identity theft, you can vi visit identitytheft.gov and victims of phishing attempts or anything like that, there's a lot of information on that site to help you understand what to do next and what the next steps that you should take to minim minimize any further risk. So these are great sites to go to, great information to follow up on, you know, for you since the data breaches seem to keep coming and coming. It's just one of those things that's going to be every day for all of us as a normal course of business in our lives to protect our personal information. Your data your digital data is the new currency for bad guys. You know, so many times we really look at our information uh, really not as importantly as we should, and we should protect it as much as we can. And in a previous podcast, we did talk about using VPNs, virtual private networks, to help secure your information when you're online on a free Wi-Fi network. And that's something else we'll probably talk about a little bit more because it really makes you wonder, okay, how do these big data breaches occur in the first place? Well, it's probably because of some human error. There's a human element in here somewhere. And sometimes the biggest cases that are ever solved is never as complex as someone wants to believe. It's something, something simple. It could be as simple as somebody at an organization received a phishing email, clicked on the wrong link or downloaded the wrong uh, software or attachment, and that exposed their PC to a Trojan horse or some sort of uh, malware that infiltrated the company's network. So it's, it's usually not as complex. It starts out small and becomes much bigger. You know, as you can see in this particular case with the Marriott, this data breach occurred over several years until it was finally discovered internally. Uh, by someone in their security group. So right now they're they're pretty much uh, playing defense and trying to do whatever they can to protect their customers, which is a good thing. But for the rest of us, it's good to go ahead and be vigilant and be on the offense and protect your personal data. Uh, all the podcast notes uh, will be in detail on the website, including these great links to websites to help you protect your identity. And haveibeenpawn.com would be a great start to see if your information has ever been compromised. Uh, everybody, I hope you have a great holiday and ruin a bad guy's day. Thanks for listening to Ruin a Bad Guy's Day radio podcast with Skip Myers. If you liked our show, please tell your friends and colleagues. You can learn more about us at ruinabadguysday.com or visit us on Twitter and Facebook at Ruin a Bad Guy's Day. Join us for another episode of Ruin a Bad Guy's Day radio podcast.
The information provided in Ruin a Bad Guy's Day radio podcast is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered legal or financial advice. You should consult with legal counsel or other professionals to determine what may be best for your individual or organizational needs.